0: To remote locations, this is the Domesticated Dad Podcast, bringing biblical husbandry to your home. Each episode will deliver sound biblical advice based on the scriptures and our experience in order for you to cultivate mature growth as a godly man. We're your host, Justin and Billy, so stay tuned. Today is March 29th, 2020. This is episode 002. In this episode, we'll be discussing biblical manliness. In our postmodern society, manhood is often attacked. But what does the Bible say about how true biblical manhood should look? Keep listening and find
1: out more. Hey, what's going on, Billy? Hey.
0: I'm
1: not too much. How are you doing today, bud?
0: Yeah, man, doing good. How's things in uh, your hometown?
1: Well, uh, today has kind of been one of those days. There's like two quotes that come to mind off off the top of my head. Um, there's a Revolutionary War quote from an anonymous soldier that said, "These are the, tri- the times that try men's souls to prove whether they're in faith." And uh, between the uh, you know pandemic triplets, uh, just the usual you know lack of sleep, you know plenty of tasks to do, it definitely fits. Or I guess I could go to you know, Garth Brooks, you know, burning my candle at both ends, you know, trying to outrun the wind. But I said that, that pretty much sums, up, uh, sums yeah. up today, I'd say. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, you know what I was thinking about today? What's that? Um, you remember that good catfish place we used to go eat at down in Adel?
1: Oh the yeah, sure, sure
0: house. do. The catfish house.
1: Yeah, that that was a good place. They had the. I remember you could sit outside and watch like the little alligator swim around, uh, like the the pond out there or whatever. If I remember right.
0: Now I could go for some catfish, Alice.
1: I could pretty much eat like anything at any time. I I really don't pass on any food, but particularly <laughs> at that place. It was, it was like the the typical comfort food that you need. That, that probably would make today feel a lot better if I could just maybe if they delivered to North Carolina. I don't know. I don't know, maybe maybe Uber. That might be a little too far for Uber Eats these days, but I, I mean maybe give it a shot, you know.
0: Yeah. So I got a I got a funny homeschool dad, uh, stay at home dad story uh, from the week today.
1: Oh, you definitely go with it. I I could always use those.
0: <laughs> so our youngest daughter, she just turned six last week. Uh, she come out to the living room, and she lovingly looks at my beautiful wife. And says, Mommy, you can come to me with any problems you have. I can help you with anything except your face. I can't help you with problems
1: with your face. Oh and then we'll <laughs> like, That's, it. I, that's sweet. Oh, wow. That, that's definitely sweet. Like I said, to, to be thinking about, you know, like I, I think the kids can definitely see when there's a lot going on you know, with us, it's. it's, I think they can definitely sense, like, if mom and dad, you know, got a lot got a lot on their mind, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I mean, she's here to help except for problems with your face, so just keep that.
1: (laughs) That that is hilarious, oh my goodness.
0: Well, let's, uh, I guess let's jump right into it, Billy. Uh, Biblical manhood, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely a topic uh, that that's of great importance, but I, it's definitely one of the most probably controversial topics you'll get into. And and what's sometimes odd is it seems like uh, within the church community is often where you get the most pushback or I'd say problems with people in in sharp disagreement over over what this actually fits. You know. Oh yeah,
0: I would uh, I would agree. Uh, and you know, I I would consider uh, myself a Pretty manly man, Billy. Really. Uh, you know, I have a pretty good beard. I I know the listeners can't see it, but good. it's
1: impressive. Let me just say that now, it is it is impressive. It's uh, like a like a ten out of ten, I'd say.
0: I've uh I've got guns. You know, I like to eat meat. I serve multiple combat tours in Iraq. I like the outdoors, adventure, hard work, danger. But these are kind of all earthly standards and examples of uh, what people would consider manhood or masculinity uh
1: yeah that's for sure i mean it definitely falls in like i call a cultural stereotype you know and i I think depending on what region of the country you live in it can it can be tailored a bit you know kind of like you know often it's with the rural or urban or north or south or east or west coast kind of divide that but but you do see like a baseline of you know of, of what the culture thinks is manhood which which often is is you know stark contrast with what the Bible would say. I think uh, today I heard a song, <clears throat> and it's it's an older song, but there's a line in it that really kind of fits with like where the church is today, and it's just one of those odd things. Uh, it's a Kenny Chesney song called Down the Road, and in it, it's essentially a boy that wants to court a girl, and in it, you know, the big questions from the parents is, you know, the mom wants to know, is he washed in the blood or just in the water? You know, a reference to, like, you know, being born again. Is he truly a Christian, or is he uh, just a baptized pagan, you know, or a cultural Christian. And then it, the dad wants to know if he makes enough to take care of his daughter, which which is obviously a noble thing to look at. But, you know, it just shows once more kind of like true in the culture that often women, men have kind of let that role that they ought to play worried about eternal things into more like material things. And then often it's been like a reverse, uh, like a flip that, you know, particularly needs to, you know, probably be right-sided up or reverse where men are more involved in what really matters, uh, you know what I don't know what you have to think about that or you know like to add to that maybe
0: yeah uh, in fact uh, in preparation for today's episode uh, I had listened to a sermon by Bodie Bauckham, Uh and, and he actually stated uh, something something similar to to that fact that in our modern society manhood is often defined by uh, what he called the three B's the ball field the bedroom and the bank account uh, you know how you perform on the ball field, how you perform in the bedroom, and uh, you know, how much money's in your bank account. Uh but these are all, you know, these, this is very different than what the Lord lays out through the scriptures on on what biblical manhood actually is.
1: Oh, definitely. But you know, he he really hit you know, you hit the nail on the head there because I mean if you really I mean you watch any type of television, uh whether it be like a series or a movie or you know, anything like that. And essentially, it kind of does, I mean, even if if it's not like an athletic, it'll it'll revolve around, you know, because generally athletes are in good shape. So if it's not, you know, his performance on the field or, or in some kind of athletic arena, it's generally, you know, what do they look like? Do, do they look, you know, kind of like the athletic build or things like that? But it, it is a focus just on the exterior and not anything like really deep or significant. And, and it's definitely rampant. I think the church is. Is kind of in the same boat these days. I don't, I don't think that generally speaking, most people in the church have any idea what manhood is either.
0: No, I think you're right. Uh, and I would go as far to say that uh, Jesus's life embodied a true example of biblical masculinity, uh, you know, through selflessness and sacrifice, you know, a leadership, you know, freely giving of, you know, time and resources. And, you, you know, uh, I, I would also say that, you know, masculine leadership is not an opportunity to be served, but one to serve others, you know. Uh, you know, just because you're the leader or the head doesn't mean you can't get your hands dirty, if you will.
1: Yeah, that That's some great points. I mean, I mean, Jesus definitely, in- embodies you know being both god and man you know fully god fully man he definitely embodies perfection in both those and i said you know it's interesting we were just talking about cultural differences depend on regions of the country or whatnot but i know you know whether it be you know growing up or things i see even now in the church you know you know sometimes it's with an age divide like older younger you know depending but i mean how many times have you seen at some point or heard you know you're at a, ga- a gathering or get together, whatever, or, you know, someone's over your house, you know, or not your house particularly, but a house you've been at and you see the women are kind of doing all the work, you know, hundred dirty dishes and the man sitting on the couch, like, well, that's her job. Or, you know, whereas you think like Jesus, you know, washing the disciples feet, you see this like submissive uh, servanthood leadership where, you know, he's going to do things that, that you, with his status and his position, that he didn't have to do, but he did it. And that, you know, kind of embodies like the leader. You know, you're, you know, you love your wife as Christ loved the church. You get up and you help when they're tired and do things to kind of contribute to that and and not just be some dictator. I know uh, I had a friend, you know, several years ago, and I think the only Bible verse he knew was that the man is the head of the household, Though he had no idea how to, like, explain, like, the depth of that or, you know, the counterpoint to it that I'd make. You know, Christ said, you know, to love your wife as he loved the church, and if you think about it, he died for his church, for his, you know, the metaphor of the bride of Christ. You know, the church, you know, the ecclesia. What it, it will be, you know, his people. You know, he died for it. that kind of, you know, you know, such a, you know, horrific death on the cross. You know that he went through for his church. And I said, if you love your wife to that level, you know that that's the kind of love you're supposed to give. It's not a dictatorship, and I think that's one of the things that that sometimes we run into.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I would agree, Billy. I think, uh, you know, I think that verse is often used out of context, you know, I, and, you know, I, I think it clearly says, you know, the husband is the head of the wife. Christ is the head of the husband and, you know, God is the head of Christ. And it, it's not that, you know, men were created, you know, in the superior, you know, superior being, you know, to be this dictator, you know, tyrannical leadership. You know, God created men and women with equal dignity, yet very different roles. So, um, just as just as you know, the, the Trinity, you know, the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, they're they're all God, but each serve a different function, you know, yet they're all still God. Uh, you know man was created to be the head a woman was created to be a helper and not in a substandard position but to help the husband
1: lead in, you know god-given design as a leader oh absolutely i mean it's you know it's like you know i mean talk about something maybe not controversial with it as an example or a metaphor or analogy what you will but even like tools, you know, like carpenters and things that, that do certain things, there's certain tools that they have to have to do a job, but not every tool, every tool may be of equal value to them. Uh, and I'm not calling people tools in this, And you know, every analogy breaks down at some point. But what I'm saying, the point is, is that things can be equal in value or essence and, and share a different role. You know, exactly. that's the thing I think that people get caught up on is, is they'll, you know, they want to yell patriarchy or. You know, kind of put it in some kind of cultural system of, you know, antiquity that doesn't apply today. But, you know, the point of it all is, is you know, God you know, being the creator, he has the authority to dictate roles as he sees fit. And it, it's not, you know, like I said, I, I think it's one of the things that people today get hung up on, you know, maybe so in the wrong perspective. But I mean, you know, like you said, you know, with the, the God of Israel, Yahweh, he's He's one in essence in being and being in nature but he's three in persona, you know, and and at the same point, like you said, the the ministries and you know God the Father planned it, Jesus secured the salvation through the cross, and the Holy Spirit applies that benefit to believers. And you have different roles. You see them in creation and different things throughout the Bible, where you know you know they're they're all one and in full agreement. And it's kind of even pairs to the whole you know Adam saying, you know, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. You know the fact that you become one flesh, you become in essence one unit. And you know, it's like Body Bach, I don't know if you heard that part what he you know he said in the past about, you know, when God looked at Adam, the only thing he ever said wasn't good. He's it's not good for man to be alone. Yeah. And I said what's well, interesting he put it in his words, it's almost like, you know, you could see God, you know, looking at Adam saying, you know, this boy ain't gonna make it on his own. You know, he, you know, <laughs> he said help meet or you know, it completes the man. You know, like I said, the, the man and the woman go hand in hand. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um you know, uh I, I think uh too often, you know, we have been uh conditioned or you know inadvertently indoctrinated, you know, to to the worldly you know, standards and views of what manhood is, you know, as the three Bs, the the ball field bedroom and you know, bank account and you know, even, even, you know, men that are followers of Christ, you've just been conditioned your whole life that, you know, unless you have, you know, this amount of money or, you know, this success in business or in sports or, you know, this many girlfriends, you know, you're not a real man, but, you, you know, what, what would you say, Billy, uh, would be, the, uh, I guess, an example of, of what the scriptures play out as uh, a biblical
1: man Well, I, I think, like, you hit it. I mean, you know, one thing I, before we even get, I wanted to, you know, so, like, the thing with, like, the, the the billfold, you know, that that's something, like, definitely in the culture about, you know, it's all about money or, you know, material-type aspects. But you, you think of the Protestant view of work, it said all work is valuable. You know, Adam was put in the garden, even in a perfect setting, to work. You know, work is not a curse or a result of the fall. And it's that Protestant view that anything you do for God's glory, um, whether it be the street sweeper or whether you be the president or CEO of of some large corporation, you do everything for God's glory. But I, I think when you look at biblical manhood, you know, you have to understand. You know, looking at the examples in the Bible, you know, not everything in the Bible is prescriptive sometimes it's descriptive but even in those points you look at david and um some of these other characters and and i always like to go to david you know because one of the first things i think a man obviously has to be converted you're not going to please god you know as a as a pagan unconverted sinner who's at war with god you know in essence because those who are not part of christ are against christ you know and I think the first thing is, is a true convert. And you look at David, you know, a man who's said in one aspect to be a man after God's own heart, you know, desire. But then on the other side, look at the kind of sin David was capable of. And, and the Bible shows him works and all, you know, the, the hero, shepherd, king, all the way through where, you know, he had serious family troubles even throughout. And, and the thing that made David a man after God's own heart in that culture was not what we commonly look at is that you know, that he did something that just pleased God um, in and of himself, but it's by God's grace that he had a loyalty. And in that time frame, you know, syncretism or the, the mixing of religions was, you know, very popular. I think there's only really two kings in Israel's history. You know, Even one generation past David Solomon, you know, due to his wives, he was, you know, supposedly worshiping Yahweh and then worshiping the gods of of the pagan nations. And I I said, the thing you'll see with David, even when he's displaced from Jerusalem, it's always that, that loyalty. You know, we, we use the word faith today, but I said half people in church don't understand even what that means to have faith in God. Or, you know, it's that kind of like that trust, that confidence and then a loyalty that Yahweh father, son and Holy spirit is, is our Lord is our God is our savior. And we're committed. We won't worship other gods. We won't worship whether it be some metaphysical entity that tries to coerce or convince someone it's a God, you know, as we see through some of the religions of the world through time, you know, some fallen entity trying to, you know, steal praise and worship from Yahweh and and convince people to go that way, or whether it just be the God of materialism or the God of sports, you know, in the, in the metaphor sense that we make an idol out of these things and we, you know, try to go after them. But I think, first of all, like I said, a man after God's heart with loyalty I think humility is in the scriptures is like a key, you know, the model for you know, Jesus showed that that willingness to get, if you will, down and dirty to do those tasks that seem demeaning because of love and mercy and grace. Um, you know, those kind of traits really, I think, you know, is, is some of the things that you see through those examples. But you don't see, you know, other than Christ, you don't see perfection in these other biblical examples. It doesn't no matter if you look at Moses or, or any of them. I mean, obviously, there's some aspects that are cultural. You know, due to time, but you always see these traits of the man after God's heart, and own heart, and the one who, who loves his wife and is sacrificial, willing to give his life, his time, and his resources. You know, to his family.
0: Yeah, I I agree, Billy. Uh, and I, I would say that you know the goal of every believer uh, is to become more Christ-like. You know, in Romans eight eight twenty-nine. It says, you know, that's what we need to be striving for. Uh, but obviously, like you said, you know, we're human. we have full of sin, uh, and through our sin nature, we cannot achieve perfection. But God sees us in a, a finished state, you know, through through Jesus's sacrifice and you know His justification and redemption of us. You know, uh-huh. He sees us at our end state. And you know, for men, their their God in their God given role, you know, I, I believe this means leading and loving their wives in in the same way that, you know, as you stated earlier, that Christ loves the church. He he died for the church. And, you know, we need to love our wives and our our families in general, sacrificially through service and and through selfless, uh, selfless love. You know, Uh, I think also uh, another characteristic uh, that I would say a, a biblical manhood would be, uh, i don't know the, the word i'm looking for but basically to to strive for, for purity uh I, I think uh maybe self-control uh, i think self-control kind of super super fit manhood apart from boyhood you know uh, you know you know everybody knows children they want what they want when they want it they're born tyrants you have to Oh, absolutely <laughs> you have to train or beat it out of them, right and uh you know and and I, I think you know when you can develop that self-control aspect you, you know that's one step toward you know biblical manhood uh but obviously you know in, in the postmodern world that we're in you know men they they want what they want when they want it just like a three-year-old does you know and they do whatever they do to get what they want, and you know, not trying to get saucy here on the podcast, but I think everybody.
1: <laughs> I'll go ahead and get yeah. saucy. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> Yeah,
0: you know, uh, you know, uh, while striving for for purity, you know, you uh, know, I think that means practicing, you, you know, not just clean from sexual immorality or or uh, you know that that kind of purity, but also I think it means you know. Uh, Practicing a spiritual discipline, uh, you know, studying the word, you know, communicating with God through prayer and, you know, the reading of his word, fighting material uh, idolatry, as you stated earlier, and uh, sort of the cultivation of uh, uh, personal integrity. Um, I, I guess, you know, basically, doing what you say when you say you're going to do it uh or you you know the old adage you know walking but how is it walk to walk or talk talk talk? you know what i'm saying oh i i got
1: you yeah yeah it, it's uh it's interesting you said that uh, you know talking about men being childish i said that uh you watch any program, particularly, you know, like I said, occasionally, you know, the Disney Channel, beyond, you know, obviously you got small kids, I got small kids and and Kylie, you know, and it's funny, I just, it's not funny, it's sad actually, but all the shows, the dad is basically a blundering idiot and the kid is the intellectual, uh, intelligent one. I think of a commercial recently, I saw it was a serial commercial and it, it appears like a little girl is going to ride her bicycle, and the father's eating cereal, and he's saying, you know, you make good choices, and then she kind of sarcastically looks back at him and says, you make good choices, and he kind of like, oh, yeah, I will, you know, kind of like, you know, and it's, it's it's just that almost like the cultural role reversal of that. you know, the the man in every setting that you see it in, in the culture is presented as basically a bumbling idiot. Uh, they try to present Christians this way too, you know, if there's ever, you know, Last Man Standing, I love the show, but Essentially, every time they portray a Christian man, it's always the the least intelligent, least intellectual, or the one that's basically created to be a bumble-giddy on the show. And I said, It's just, you know, it's interesting. And I said, You know, you're talking about like, you know, sexual purity and and things like that. I said, You know, the the cult, you know, Jesus raised uh, the standard of the commandment that even if you lust after a woman in your heart, you committed adultery. And I said, There's just so many, you know, the human nature, you know, talking about kids you never have to teach a kid to do wrong you ever notice that (laughs) yeah exactly Exactly. you you don't have to teach them to be bad you have to teach them to restrain their natural nature and and that's like we see several things in society god's made uh to do that as well you know through the holy spirit you know restraining evil and and when we look at ourselves sometimes we have to have the the joseph mentality just run and flee like when it means flee like you, you cannot take certain people, I, I think, think that they can see or be around certain things, and they have the strength to resist that temptation. And some people do have more higher tolerances towards some sins, or, or maybe more prone to commit certain types of sin. But when it comes to certain things like that, where it's in our nature, you know, to be sinful, you, you know, like I said, you have to run, you know, when, when Potiphar's wife tried to grab Joseph, he ran leaving his clothes just to get away. You know, he, he knew he had to get out of that situation to honor God. And I think, you know, we all are sinners, we're all fallen, but sometimes that's, you know, when we think about the different things we watch and we hear and, and, you know, things we do that could get us into some trouble there. I think the idea is you, you're just going to have to run from it, get get away from it. You don't go near it. Don't test the water. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, obviously I. Goes back to the, the self control, uh, and I think you know maybe uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Somewhere in Peter, you know, he goes into self control, you know, mm-hmm. not giving, not giving the devil a foothold, you know. When you, you, you know, like you said, you know, you think you can be around it, you dabble in it, if you will. The next thing you know, you're up to your neck in it, and it's too late.
1: Oh, yes, that's, that's correct. I mean, that's how it is. I mean, you know, I would say, you know, every every whether it be a, a pastor that's got into some serious sin, or you know, people who you would think are very pious. I mean, it you it, it's it's almost like the you know in the culture, you know, someone lets their kid do something that they shouldn't do, and then something happens to the child, and, and they're saying like I they they obviously never thought it would happen to them. They never even cross their mind that if i do activity a or allow activity a that b could be the result you know it's always it won't happen to me you know and i said i think that's the thing we have to understand is that we're we, we sometimes in our ego we forget just how weak and frail we are and how much we're dependent on god's grace and his mercy and his power and help and sustenance to, to restrain ourselves from sin and evil and And to flee, you know, and to literally, you know, try to keep our mind pure and and what we take in sometimes is going to be exactly what we put out, you know.
0: Thanks for listening in to Biblical Manhood Part One. Tune in next week to catch the rest of the episode. Uh, If you liked what you heard today, please share with your friends and family. Maybe even consider subscribing so you'll be the first to know when a new episode drops. Remember, friends, God commissioned us to be scholars, protectors, providers, and ministers to our families. Because the Great Commission doesn't start on Main Street, it starts on your street. Until next time, friends, God bless.